It was finished, and he had died. No, not Jesus, who died on a Good Friday and rose on the very first Resurrection Sunday. Charles Troy Coleman, the first lethally injected execution in America in 1990. His final words, praise God, praise God. Why would an admitted and convicted multiple killer say praise God in his final moments of life as intravenous tubes in both his arms delivered first the sedative and then a cocktail of drugs shutting his body down to die? He said praise God because God had already acted after admitting he was nothing but a wretch. In prison, this admitted killer waiting to die knew God had already acted in his life. He had found Christ, knew Christ had rescued him and set him free after he repented of his sins. He chose the words the chaplain next to him shared. I thank Christ Jesus, my Lord, who strengthens me. Like the thief on the cross, this man is now with Jesus. Welcome to Haven Today here on Good Friday. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus, and we're in a series called Resurrection Power. All week. We've been following that journey that Jesus made to the cross in Jerusalem. And now today, we're looking at the famous story of Lazarus. Jesus was almost to Jerusalem when this story took place. In fact, Bethany is only a few miles away. I think his followers were expecting him to go directly there. But he paused to deal with a dead man and his sisters. More importantly, the miracle he performed pointed us to the cross and the resurrection. I'd like to invite you to join me as we hear Jesus proclaim, I am the resurrection and the life. Words of hope we all need to hear on this Good Friday. But before we hear about the resurrection of Lazarus, as well as Jesus, let's hear one of the most moving songs I've ever heard about Good Friday, sung by Andrew Peterson. It's called God Rested. So they took his body down So they laid their hopes away 
song about the death of Jesus Christ by Andrew Peterson and his Resurrection Letters prologue. I'm Charles Morris, and this is a Good Friday program. I'm grateful for the time we've spent with Andrew this week, and he'll join us again later in the program to talk about our closing song. I believe he's written what I would call the finest Easter album of our time, Resurrection Letters, Volume 1. The music is soul-stirring, as you just heard, and the deep lyrics tell the story of Christ's death and resurrection, artistically, but also biblically. Would you call us after the program and make a gift to help support the ministry? But be sure and ask for Andrew Peterson's Resurrection Letters 1. And by the way, the deluxe version we have includes the prologue with five extra songs about the actual crucifixion. Here's the number to call, 800-654-2836, 800-65-HAVEN. Or visit our website and listen to samples from all of the songs on the CD, and then make your gift at haventoday.org, haventoday.org. No one likes a delay. I think we would both say we like to do our best to avoid long lines and find the quickest solution to any problem. But when you look at Scripture, wouldn't you say that God actually uses delays for our good? It's not in our nature to be patient. So waiting around can sometimes feel painful. But the Lord does not waste our time. For him, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years like a day. He knows our deepest needs far better than we will ever know or understand. And all our times are in his hands. We can trust him with the painful delays that come our way in life. Easier said than done, of course. And that's why we have to turn back to God's word every day of our lives. Well, I want us to turn our eyes to Lazarus. Jesus was on his way the final time to Jerusalem. But he stopped for a very important visit. He's only a few miles away from the capital city there in Judea, but he uses this moment as a way to talk about the resurrection. All the action takes place in John 11, a chapter filled with painful delays. But Jesus shows us how we are to face them with confidence and hope. That's a lesson we need now more than ever. Let's look at a handful of verses there in John 11. Let's open our hearts to the powerful work of God's Holy Spirit. Now, a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, 
the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, This sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. And then he said to his disciples, let us go back to Judea. Rabbi, they said, a short while ago, the Jews there tried to stone you, and yet you're going back? Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours of daylight? Anyone who walks in the daytime will not stumble, for they see by this world's light. It's when a person walks at night that they stumble, for they have no light. And after he said this, he went on to tell them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to wake him up. His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he'll get better. Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I am glad I was not there, so that you may believe. Let us go to him. Then Thomas, also known as Didymus, said to the rest of the disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. The opening paragraphs of John 11. It's a long, dramatic chapter. You probably know most of the details that are to come. Jesus arrives to find that Lazarus had already been dead for four days. Mary and Martha know that God has promised to raise the dead on the final day, the last day, but they're devastated that Jesus didn't come sooner to keep their brother Lazarus alive. The Messiah had other plans. In the presence of a crowd, he calls Lazarus forth from the tomb, and the dead man is raised back to life. It is, as I'm sure you know, a powerful story, and one of the most famous of Jesus' miracles. But we miss the point if we only focus on the miracle itself. We have to see that it pointed beyond itself. By performing what in John is called a sign or a miracle, Jesus pointed us all to Jerusalem, to his own death and resurrection. And we have to keep our eyes there. If we're to face our own life's delays with faithfulness, there is a delay in the travel plans of Jesus. The geography of this passage is important to understand the story. The beginning of the chapter tells us that it happened in the village of Bethany. But there were actually two villages named Bethany in this region, and both of them show up in the Gospel of John. The village where Martha, Mary, and Lazarus lived was Bethany near the Mount of Olives. We read in John 11 that this village was just a few miles from Jerusalem. But if we back up just a few verses, back to the end of chapter 10, we read this. Jesus went back across the Jordan to the place where John had been baptizing in the early days. That's where the Lord was, back in the place where John the Baptist had been ministering. And what was that place called? John 1.28 tells us, a place called Bethany. So we have here what might be called a 
tale of two Bethanies. Bethany across the Jordan to the east where Jesus was. It's in modern-day Jordan, just on the other side of the Jordan River. And then Bethany near Jerusalem where Lazarus lay sick right up just over the crest of the Mount of Olives on the Jericho side. Now, that's important because it helps explain a very painful delay in the story. If Jesus had left the moment he had received the word that Lazarus was sick, it still would have taken him many hours, one to two days, to get there. But he made Mary and Martha wait even longer. We read, when Jesus heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. You and I need to be reminded that our waiting in this life is not in vain. If you're open wounds and injustices were the result of random chance, it would all be meaningless. But the God of the universe is not a tyrant. He's our Heavenly Father. And through Christ, he turns everything to our good. Mary and Martha resented at first Jesus waiting for so long, and we are tempted to do the same. Jesus didn't hide his plans. He said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's Son may be glorified through it. His purpose was clear. It was just a hard pill for everyone to swallow. All things will lead to Christ's glory. And we have the choice. Either we can harden our hearts when the waiting seems too hard to bear, or we can wait for the Lord to renew our strength and to see what great things he will do. How do we do that? For Mary and Martha, it meant trusting, trusting Jesus for the long term. That's especially what this story teaches us. When Jesus told Martha that Lazarus would rise again, she thought he was talking about the resurrection on the last day. And that's true. But Jesus wants the hope of our future resurrection to change us in the now. And as a sign of that promise, both for Martha, but also for us, that day when he arrived in Bethany, he raised Lazarus from the dead. If you think about it, this miracle is really just another delay, isn't it? It's wonderful. It's such a moving story. But Lazarus would one day die again. In fact, the chief priest tried to kill Lazarus later to discredit the miracle. One day, Lazarus would again be laid in a tomb. And then the real waiting would begin. Too many of us know this exact pain. We've laid our loved ones to rest. We've come to the end of our ropes. There is no light at the end of the tunnel. What can we do when the delays seem so long and so final? We look back to Jesus again. When he finished in Bethany, there just over the crest of the Mount of Olives, and looked down on the holy city, and he entered in triumph to the shouts of Hosanna. But the crowds turned on him, and only days later, he was put to death. If he had stayed in the tomb, then the resurrection of Lazarus was just a neat trick. But he didn't, and it wasn't. Raising Lazarus from the dead was just a preview 
of the Holy Spirit powerfully raising Christ Jesus from the dead. And if Jesus wasn't raised, then you and I have no hope today. He is risen. He is risen indeed. And because of that, you and I have hope for every painful delay in this life. You might not see it all turn around in this life, but one day, every injustice will be righted. Every painful experience will be reversed. The risen Christ will speak and raise us from the dead, calling us forth just like he did Lazarus, and the world he held together by his grace will be made new. The wait is worth it. Look back to him today and find your strength risen and renewed in the hope of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ.
die again. I know that death no longer has dominion over him. So my heart beats with the rhythm of the saints as I look for the seeds the king has sown to burst up from their graves. song of resurrection from Andrew Peterson and his Resurrection Letters, Volume 1. This is Haven Today, and not too long ago, we caught up with Andrew Peterson and asked him where this song came from. Ben Shive, my, my dear friend who produced this album and wrote a few of the songs, um, you know, he's been a part of the my life, musical life for, you know, pushing two decades now. Mm. And, uh, and he knows the Bible about as well as anybody I know. Before we finished the record, he texted me this voice text. He was on a walk with his dog, and he he was singing the opening lines to his heartbeats to me. And mm-hmm. It was his heartbeats. His blood begins to flow, waking up what was dead a moment ago. And he like zeroed in, not on the coming of spring at the end of the winter, but on the actual physical heart in the tomb that began to beat on Sunday morning. And mm-hmm. I was just like, it kind of blew my mind. I'd never really thought about the physicality, the physiology of it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so we ended up finishing the song together. And, uh, and I've had uh, physicians come up to me after the shows and say that they too had never thought of the physiology of the resurrection mm. before. Mm. They had all these scientific questions like, yeah. wait, his blood would have uncongealed. You know, wow. like, how did rigor mortis work backwards, right? Wow. There were all these like fascinating questions their brains were crackling. Um, but I love it because it, once again, like it, the whole thing, it zeroes in again and again and again on, on Christ the person and the, the physicality of the resurrection, the fact that it, it happened bodily. Mm. And that is also what is in store for you and I. I'm grateful for the time we got to spend with Andrew Peterson, and I'm so blessed that we can share his Easter music with you as well. I can't tell you what a blessing this album has been to me and our team here at the ministry and and so many people who've already received it and are listening to it over and over again in their homes. Everyone needs Andrew Peterson's Deluxe Resurrection Letters 1 that includes five bonus songs from his prologue. This is an album that takes you on the journey of Jesus from the cross to the first moments of Christ's resurrection. I want you to have this deluxe version of Resurrection Letters 1 for your gift to the ministry. You just need to call us right now. And here's our number, 800-654-2836, 800-65-HAVEN. Or visit our website, and listen to samples from all the songs on the CD, the deluxe CD that we have, and then make your gift 
at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. And don't forget, we still have copies of the Darkest Night, Brightest Day Easter devotional for your gift to the ministry. And don't forget to check out the full-length interview that we have with Andrew Peterson on our new podcast called Great Stories with Charles Morris. You can find it on your favorite podcast player, or you can listen to it and find it at haventoday.org. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again next time? When again, we'll get to share together the great story, and we'll do it together here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. As a co-worker ever said, I have good news and bad news, which do you want to hear first? I often struggled to decide what I want to hear first, depending on how bad the news is. No amount of good news could make my day better. Well, on the Friday Jesus died, there was good news and bad news. In fact, this day is called Good Friday. But what's so good about Good Friday? Jesus died, after all. The good news is found in his final words, spoken in John 19.30. It is finished. What was finished? His mission to save people from their sin. This good news far outweighs the bad, and we still know that the bad will, in a few days, turn into the greatest good. Get daily encouragement from God's Word with Anchor Devotional. Try it out at getanchor.com.